Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity markets by my colleague, Dr. Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. I can't think of anyone better to explain what's been going on, especially in the gas market, because Petra, you know, 24 hours before we record this, there's more news about problems with Nord Stream 2. What's happening there and uh, what has the reaction been from the markets? The market has received some negative information uh, about Nord Stream 2 project. It has been temporarily suspended because the German regulator decided to do not find some changes that Gazprom made to make the project compliant with the European law sufficient. And hence the review period and the compliance review deadline has been now postponed at least by the end of Q122, which of course caused a big explosion in energy market. Right. And of course, you know, there were always uncertainties with this project, at least for finishing it off, because as we discussed before, the pipeline is physically complete. It's the regulatory arrangements that need finalising. But of course, this is taking place in a very politicised context, isn't it? The whole issue of Europe's dependence on, on Russian pipeline gas, the situation on the border of Poland and Belarus and Belarus and, and the interesting situation dynamic there for Germany right in the middle of, of this. You know, is, do you think, is there a suspicion that there's a political dimension to this uh, hiatus in approval or, or is it just part of the usual process of getting things sorted out, do you think? Uh, Gazprom and Kremlin have stated that they do not see political background in this situation and that it's purely legal and formal issues. Although they have expressed some concerns that they do not find it very beneficial for Europe to suspend the potential extra gas flows during the winter into Europe while we are looking at a quite significant gas tightness. Right. And, and so this uncertainty at a time when you know Europe's going into the winter period, as we're recording this, I can see bright sunshine outside through the windows. But of course, things are getting colder elsewhere and the forecasts are that energy demand is going to ramp up pretty quickly. And that's going to have a big impact on gas demand and gas in storage has been an issue. So what does the security of supply outlook look like at the moment? Is there other plentiful LNG cargoes out there for Europe if we want to pay enough to get them to arrive? Overall, the physical deliveries, whether it's Russian flows via traditional pipeline or LNG, seems comfortable. In terms of physical availability, there is no high risk in the near term. But of course, the longer term risk, especially for the second half of the winter, has now increased significantly because Nord Stream 2 is way less likely to happen. In terms of other factors, I just mentioned LNG. Following last October, that has been the best October on the record. November is also looking quite healthy and promising. And we're already seeing some first cargoes on the way for December. So the LNG situation looks quite favorable until the end of the year. But again, it's quite early to call the second half of the winter. In terms of weather, generally, the demand is still slightly below uh, seasonal norms. The second half of November, so from now until the end of the month, uh, looks like it will be slightly colder than forecasted. But still, on the average, we are looking at the November that is not turning out as any extraordinary weather condition. So the, the temperatures really remained on average around seasonal norms, which did help to continue to fill in the gas storage facilities in Europe. 
Well, I'm sure consumers listening to this and probably some suppliers too will be praying for mild weather over the months ahead. Perhaps the second half of the winter may be the tougher part as far as energy security is concerned. And of course, for European power generators, if there's pressure on gas, at least coal can be burnt in considerable quantities, not necessarily optimal for the climate, but useful from the point of view of security supply. And what are the drivers in the coal market at the moment? So the coal market has seen a very significant decrease over the past few weeks, and we were actually considering it as a quite bit of a relief for the market. Of course, unless the market has been hit by the very negative news around Nord Stream 2 that, again, completely changed the direction of the curve and of prices in general. We are expecting that coal will remain quite significant this winter because whether there is or whether there isn't yet a Nord Stream 2, the gas situation because of the lower gas storage is tighter than any other years. But uh, we are expecting coal now to potentially again increase in price as gas prices have jumped again. Right. And of course, it's not just gas that's been jumping with high gas prices and indeed uh, the partially successful outcome of the COP26 climate talks the other day. You know, what's been happening in the European carbon market? Presumably that that combination of factors, you know, high coal burn and uh, increased political interest in tightening carbon budgets, presumably that's had an effect on the carbon market too. I think that COP26 has definitely been a support supportive factor that didn't allow maybe for downsides that we would maybe expect seeing gas and coal market uh, more subdued over past few weeks. We are now seeing again historical highs in the carbon market. One of the main reasons I would say is subdued wind generation over past few days that of course added a little bit of the bullish uh, momentum but especially gas. With jumping gas prices of course carbon tested those previous highs and the resistance level around 65 euros. As soon as the market managed to break through these levels, the next resistance level is around 70 euros per ton at the moment. So there is still looking at today's market and today's prices around 67 euros. It's only three euros away from 70, which could potentially open a door to a new enchanted territory and new trading ranges between 70 above. It's quite unclear where carbon will go. Of course, with a significant surge in prices, this will attract lots of investors that will try to position themselves, given that lots of technical levels have been broken recently. Well, that's obviously one to watch. And sort of looking a bit further towards the end of the curve and uh, towards the end of the coming winter or the present winter and the beginning of next summer, what, what does the forward curve look like? And if, particularly if we have a difficult first quarter next year? This is a good question. The end of the curve is still trading in backwardation, so there is still some savings or some lower prices available on the curve for, for those that are interested. Uh, at the moment, the likelihood that Nord Stream 2 will happen is slimmer. Of course, if there is an industrial call in Germany, because of course Nord Stream 2 was very important factor for those industrials that are heavy depending on gas, if there is a call, there might be a surprise and there might be a decision made made quicker than anticipated. It's very hard to foresee this. At the moment, we are not expecting Nord Stream 2 to happen in an original timeline that we were considering. This opens further next few weeks or months for prices to continue increasing on the basis that it's unlikely that Russia will book significant amounts of capacity via traditional pipeline, so via Malno or Velke Kapushani. This will open more door to speculative buying 
more door to risk premium being built in and more panic operating in the market. So the potential is that prices could continue running for next few weeks, if not few months, which is likely to continue lifting at the end of the curve, which still holds value. And right, and so uh, that's obviously something to see how that shape uh, uh, shifts, if it does, over the course of the coming months. And, and finally, a commodity which is you know central to the uh, global energy economy, which we haven't mentioned yet, uh, oil. How are things looking in the oil market? Presumably rather more sensitive to international rather than local European developments and the, and the recovery or threats to demand internationally. What, what's the situation look like there? Uh, demand has exceeded the COVID levels, of course, and it has returned to pre-COVID levels, which of course was providing lots of bullish momentum. The previous test of new highs around 86, I think nearly 87, dollars per barrel has been mainly on the basis that OPEC and OPEC plus were not very keen on increasing the supply and they decided to stick to the original numbers they agreed on. At the moment, quite a surprise, OPEC has actually decreased the forecast for the end of the year. And although it's a very short period, it had some impact on the prices and prices have retreated from previous highs. We also have seen that Delta variant started looming again, especially in China and some European countries. And some European countries also imposed uh, some partial lockdowns again, which potentially would have impact on the demand. There is also some higher possibility that uh, US would actually release some extra oil from the strategic petroleum reserves to help to stabilize the gasoline price ahead of the festive season. So lots of reasons for oil to potentially test the lows around $80 per barrel again. Right. And uh, just for a, for a final word, because, you know, it's somewhat depressing from a consumer perspective to see all, all this high price pressure. If there was going to be some good news that might materialise in the coming weeks, where do you think we might find it? Would it be higher than expected wind output, which takes the pressure off fossil fuels in the power market? Would it be a, a political breakthrough or a, a regulatory breakthrough on Nord Stream 2 or something else relating to the global economy? Where might the good news be if we're, if we're looking for it? Mild weather? Definitely the fundamentals. So if, if a little bit of this excitement from the negative news fades away, hopefully the market will look at the fact that weather is still not pointing to, to anything extraordinary. We are getting healthy LNG deliveries and actually those flows from Russia via traditional uh, pipelines, they have actually arrived. So the momentum or the very important date that the market was looking at was the 8th of November. Flows didn't materialize directly on the 8th, but they've materialized from 9th onwards. And we are actually looking at higher Russian gas flows via original pipelines into Europe at the moment. So if the market started looking at that, that would definitely provide some sort of correction following this very sharp spike. If we were looking to see significant downside in the market that would change the trajectory, that would have to be surprised in terms of Nord Stream 2 developments. Right. Well, thank you for that. I think it's a commendably balanced view of, of the risks on both sides. Perhaps, you know, things are a little tighter than we would like at the moment. But equally, uh, perhaps there's some possibility that things might not be quite as bad as currently looks likely. It might even be a little bit better. So thank you, Petra, for explaining all of that. I hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and have a look at our reports there. And do listen out for another podcast from us again soon. 